You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, vowel-buying, double-daring, two-naming chasers, wiping out moles and whammies. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. I'm your humble host, Karen, and today... You're listening to a very special bonus episode all about game shows. Uh, What's it like being on a game show? How to get on a game show? And some behind the scenes uh, secrets of what happens before, during, and after uh, being on a game show. Uh, This episode is being released at the same time as our regular uh, episode. And the topic is actually TV. So uh, I actually have a whole game show quiz um, in this week's episode segment. So be sure to give that a listen. So game shows, something uh, of of great interest among trivia lovers and buffs. And uh, many listeners might know that recently in January 2021 this year, uh, I was a contestant on the American primetime version of The Chase. And I thought you you were were a champion and I thought it would be a cool to share stories about the experience and offer tips and advice about being on a game show. And I'm so excited that for the first time ever in Good Job Brain history, we have today a panel of experts. So come on down and meet them. My fellow season mate on the chase, Elliot, tell us about yourself. Thank you, Rod Roddy. Um, <laughs> yes, I have been obsessed with game shows since I was little, since I was a kid, and like could hold my own just watching Adult Jeopardy. I was like, this is wow, this is a, this is a high that I is unmatched. I didn't choose this life; it chose me. I auditioned for my first one ten years ago, and and was on Wheel of Fortune. In 2011, got to win that and a trip to Costa Rica. And then I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in 2013, the season that Cedric the Entertainer was the host. And in 2015, I was on six episodes of Jeopardy, um, which was the coolest. And then just most recently, we got to be on the new season one of The Chase, which was also just absolutely fantastic. Elliot was the the season finale, and he's a wonderful to um, watch. The producer told me I put the grand in grand finale. (laughs) I'll take that. Yes, you did. And uh, next, we have a good job brain listener, Amy, who is also a game show vet. Hi. Yes. I've always been into trivia, and I specifically remember the board game Know Your America, and I tortured my family, forcing them to play that with me over and over and over again. (laughs) And I've always loved game shows, but my first real experience with them was in middle school, they taped Double Dare in Philadelphia. And my school was outside of Philadelphia, and we were taking a field trip there to go watch them record Double Dare. And they asked if any students wanted to be on a team and participate (gasps) on the game show. And at the time I was way too shy to even consider signing up for it, but I got to be in the audience and I absolutely loved it. And I so wished that I had signed up for it, that I was determined I would never miss that opportunity again. So I think the first game show I went on was Supermarket Sweep with my sister. A few years later, I was on Wheel of Fortune. After that, I was on Jeopardy. 
After that, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And the most recent thing I've been on was the NPR Ask Me Another radio show when it came to Houston. And of course, last but certainly not least, a longtime Good Job Brain friend and previous guest host, Tyler Hinman. Hello. Let's see. Uh, Game Show Network and Buzzer TV are mainstays uh, in my household of one. That goes way back to my youth. I would uh, squeeze in as much uh, Game Show Network as I could before uh, my parents made me play outside, which (laughs) I would dare say of the uh, assembled party here, I have far and away the least impressive uh, actual game show uh, resume. I was on uh, Ask Me Another when they came to San Francisco. Thank you for the reminder about that, Amy, so I can pad my resume a little bit. Was on. uh, That's crazy. Not to interrupt. I was on uh, Ask Me Another in New York. (laughs) Oh my God, all three of you guys. And Tyler, the game show you're on is severely different than the game show. Yeah, it's, uh, summer of 2017 is when it uh, aired. It was called uh, Superhuman uh, on Fox. I dare say it was more of kind of a reality show than game show. It was just kind of everyone goes on and like kind of does their own smart human trick, I guess you'd call it, as opposed to stupid pet tricks. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining me. I think we have a brilliant and uh, diverse bunch. And so we'll structure our talk today in like three segments. We'll we'll move from the auditioning casting stage, the taping stage, and the kind of the aftermath stage. Before we dive in, I want to ask you guys, what is a game show that you desperately want to be on, past or present? What is the dream show you want to be on? And I can go first. So I grew up in Taiwan, and before we had American cable, we actually had British cable uh first so before jeopardy wheel of fortune i was exposed to any of that i was first exposed to the crystal maze in the 90s hosted by richard o'brien every ounce of my body wanted to be on that show and i thought it was i mean it's impossible i was like you know a kid living in an island in in asia and being like oh i want to meet you know the guy from rocky horror and and play all these puzzle rooms and stuff and it really like reminds me of escape rooms now and so that is my dream. Uh, I know they re- rebooted in the UK and there's an American version. I've never even heard of it. I'm, oh. so, I'm so excited to look it up. Oh. When you say Crystal Maze, I think that that must be a drag queen, but apparently it's not. <laughs> or a drug. <laughs> I've gotten to do the like the dream shows that I've wanted to do. So some of these game shows in Asia are so wild. They're so entertaining. That has to be the next thing. Like it either has to be, it has to be that. Uh, if I'm if I can't be a contestant at the Eurovision Song Contest, I have to get on. Yes, yeah, sorry, not- I forgot to mention. Elliot is a noted expert on Eurovision. The greatest American fan. Yes, <laughs> but I told myself because of uh, my ample crossword uh, experience, I would uh, do really well on Pyramid. Plus, uh, I would get to meet Michael Strahan, which is. Uh, very important to me as a uh, lifelong New York Giants fan. I think I think second place would be Wheel of Fortune for the same kind of reasons. Yes. The only so thing great. is I'd be worried about the luck aspect of the game. Like occasionally you'll see this contestant who like never gets to play because the person playing ahead of him just wins everything. And then when he does, he spins bankrupt. Tyler, that would be you though. <laughs> like you would be that person that the other two would be mad about. I would never know because it would never get to me. Like you, sometimes you get that person who just like never gets a chance. I'm not, I'm not putting that into your universe. <laughs> and the other reason I prefer Pyramid is like they 
pumped up the bonus round so much. So even if you completely screw up and like do kind of poorly, you still mm. get like 10 grand. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get occasionally get reached out to by game show producers that the like a chain reaction came back or whatever. Oh yeah. I would, I would they'll be, like, they'll be like top prize is $10,000 split amongst three people. And I'm like, listen, as Linda, <laughs> as Linda Evangelista said, I don't get out of bed for less than $10,000. Okay? <laughs> like if I feasibly can only do one game show in two years, we're looking at a top prize of at least $50,000. Yeah. Like, I would still go on to play. I did not warn you guys that I'm going to do this. In the spirit of Good Job Brain, uh, we have a segment where we call it Pop Quiz Hot Shot, where I surprise people uh, with... <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you guys know. Instead of doing this as a group, I'm actually going to ask you guys during this episode, uh, I'm going to actually do a head-to-head challenge, and each one yeah. of you guys get a card. So oh, before geez. we... Talk about, uh, start talking about auditioning and casting phase. Elliot, you're up. I got a random card here. Are you ready to play Pop Quiz Hot Shot? I was born ready. All right. Here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography, Elliot. What is another historic name for the Democratic Republic of Congo, or Congo for short? What a great question. (laughs) The... Historic name for the DRC was Zaire. Correct. I think it was changed in the 70s. And another fun fact about it <laughs> is that the capital is Kinshasa, and it's the only place where right across the river is another Another-, national capital, yep. which is Brazzaville. Um, and a third fun fact is that I think Kinshasa <laughs> is the largest French-speaking city. city. Woo! Next question, Pink Wedge. The film Ghost World, which features Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch as two outsider teens, is based on a graphic novel by whom? Um, that is, I uh, believe his name is Daniel Close. Oh my God, nailed it. Okay, Yellow Wedge. Which country was the first to send in warplanes to Libya in March 2011 in support of the ouster of Libyan strongman Gaddafi? Okay, and here we have (laughs) a question that is not in my wheelhouse. Let's see. The U.S. France. Okay. Uh, Purple Wedge. Which Ridley Scott sci-fi classic is based on the Philip K. Dick novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It is Blade Runner. Correct. Uh, Green Wedge, what's the name of the region between Mars and Jupiter where large irregularly shaped objects orbit the sun? Is this a question from Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Because <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> this is called, wait, I think so. this is the asteroid belt, right? Correct. Orange Wedge, last question. Who was the first American to win the Tour de France? Oh, fun. I truly don't know. I Really couldn't begin to care about sports, but if Greg, if Greg LeMans is he? <laughs> oh is he my God, that was in the punch bowl. You got it, Elliot. Good job. Wow. That was a hard card. For a bonus point, give all 130 spellings of Qaddafi. I was just about to say, he actually holds the record for like most accepted spellings of his name. Because really? both his first name and his last name have 20 different ones. All right, good job, Elliot. Um, so let's let's talk about auditioning, testing, and casting, the early phases of being on a game show. And, you know, Tyler, you actually have a 
different uh, game show experience. So I want to ask you what the testing or the casting process was like. You know, you were obviously you were the star of your your episode and, and they probably seek you out. I would strongly dispute the claim that I was the star of my episode. There were, uh, you know, five contestants there. And I think we were all more or less on uh, equal footing, at least uh, going in. I've been in kind of these circles for a while when you, you know, attend crossword tournaments and kind of run in these circles of puzzle people. These things tend to get circulated. These flyers like, hey, seeking contestants for uh, this show. And, you know, I kind of opened myself up to them and, you know, had a few conversations with various uh, Hollywood elite and so forth. Um, <laughs> interviewing me, there's a big, long application, which I deliberately had a lot of fun with because I find those really dry and boring. So I like to like inject a lot of jokes. Maybe they like that and maybe it's disqualified me from a few shows along the line. Interviewing with them and kind of seeing what challenge I would best work on the show because I knew they wanted me for my crossword ability. But, you know, doing a full crossword maybe wouldn't be really great television. Oh, so I see. there was a lot of back and forth on like what I could do. And we settled on kind of this uh, this sort of miniature word puzzle. Once we kind of decided on that, yeah, we made it happen. Amy, you've been selected for so many different game shows. What is it that you have that you think the producers picked you? Okay, the number one thing is I know how to follow the rules. So it's amazing when you go to a a tryout and they wheel of fortune. They say, don't say, can I have the letter N? They say, spin the wheel, ask for an N, say N. And so I follow the rules and I shout it with my Amy voice, my wheel of fortune game show voice. So many people would get up there and they'd mumble and they'd say, can I have an in? And it's like, that's exactly what they told you not to do. So one, I can follow the rules. I can shout when I have to. I kind of know my own faults as far as public speaking and such. So the first three that I was on, I know that when I got up and talked in front of people, I would turn beet red. I never wear makeup, but I wear makeup when I try out for a thing, for a show and I wear a turtleneck. So that you can see my bright red neck, right? (laughs) So I've got those. I'm also willing to tell a story about myself that might be embarrassing, but it definitely is unusual. I think it was Wheel of Fortune. Everybody was into scrapbooking. So everybody told the same thing that their hobby (laughs) was scrapbooking. It's like, you do not stand out with scrapbooking. You stand out when you have pet worms, because that's what I had. I was worm composting at the time. So we had a thousand worms in our kitchen to to take our compost or we wrote a, ew, (laughs) they work really well. Um, Or I have, I I turned my backyard into a mini golf course for my kids. So there's, I have, because I'm lazy and I don't want to cut the grass. So whatever it is that (laughs) you may think is slightly weird or you may not want to share on public television, you just have to get over that and just share that. Yeah. You want to, you want to stand out. You want to follow the rules. You want to be heard and you want to stand out. Amy just gave all of us a masterclass on game shows. That's literally what I would tell people to do when they're, when they're going to an audition. And also something that Tyler said earlier, like figure out what makes you unique, what sets you apart. It it can be a, a tiny thing, like, but like figure out what sets you apart and just really lean into that, play that up. You have to make them want to cast you. You have to like sell yourself. You have to say like, I dare you to do this show without me. Like, do you want your show to fail? Because if you don't cast me, it will. I say things like this in my audition. I say things like, they're like, why do you want to be on the show? I was like, oh, I'm already on the show. Like, I'm I'm actually already on the show. This time for me right now is me just, is letting you figure it out. 
I'm so envious, Elliot, like talking to you since since the chase. Like you're so you're so confident, you're so capable, and and you really, Tyler, you too, like you you guys are very uh assertive uh personalities. And and for me, you know, I, I guess my my you know, I'm not that strong at trivia. I like trivia, I'm not that good at it, but I think it's fun. And also I have a slew of strange hobbies that really people pay attention to. Your strange hobbies are ext- make you extremely castable. And I care about them so much, so it's very easy for me to, to get really excited and, and talk about that. So on, on the chase for our auditioning and testing process, like, I don't know about you, Ellie, I took a test and then I got called back to a, like a video, like a Zoom or a Skype interview where it's just one-to-one with the person. They ask you questions like what you do with the money and you kind of play a mock version of the game. And then my favorite part, my ultimate favorite part of this early process of auditioning and casting is you had to get a background check. You know, I, everybody had to get a background check. These days, uh, because of social media, there is a protocol where you actually have to friend um, an entity would on Facebook, and then they would kind of uh, go through your, <laughs> yeah. your social media to make sure that you know you're 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 a sane person and, and you're a nice person. And at the end, the best part is you can request, and they'll send you back their findings that they flagged. Uh, you How know, many pages was yours? It was, mine was like 18 pages, but a lot oh of it God. was like boilerplate, like legalese, but uh, they flagged something. Uh, one of the things is uh, I had a picture of me with a cookie that was a cartoon version of a penis and there was icing, <laughs> and there was icing coming out of it. And so what yeah. is that penis cookie? I framed my uh, packets <laughs> because it was just like my greatest achievements. It was, <laughs> I was so proud of it. Mine was, I think, about 18 pages as well. It could have been a lot longer, but actually when I joined this consulting firm a few years ago before my current job, they did something similar. And the difference in that one is that they literally reached out and they were like, here are the tweets you have to delete. It was so funny hearing this older woman, HR woman, reading out a tweet of mine where I called the little mermaid a Sorry, we can we can bleep that. But like, she literally read this tweet to me over the phone before I could join this prestigious consulting firm. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll delete it, even though it's a memory of my trip to Copenhagen. One thing that springs to mind that's a lot of auditioning that uh, that I've done is it can be uh, incredibly uh, annoying to uh, have to do uh, an interview with uh, like the right backdrop and the right clothes and everything, <laughs> especially when you're stranded in your studio apartment where space is already at an extreme premium. Uh, one time I had to I had to do it all at this apartment, so it was basically against this background. And I had to be standing up and like, you know, it's right against the curtain. So I had to put my laptop on like a ton of books and like everything. And then it turns out they needed like some follow-ups. And for some reason you have to do those follow-ups looking exactly the same as you did the first time. And by that point I'd already gotten new curtains. So I had to bring terrible dusty curtains down, find out what I was wearing. And Oh yeah, it was a different time of day. So the light was all wrong. And I finally just said, let's do it. And if it's not good enough, then, you know, I'm out. Oh, man. That is truly a game show rite of passage. It, I did the exact same thing for The Chase. A stack of books, a laptop, them being like, um, that clock on the wall is ugly. And I'm like, <laughs> well, it's painted. So it's going to be there. All right. Well, at this stage where we're going through background checks, we're going through testing. And finally, you get the call saying that, Hey, what are your available dates? Let's fly you down. And so now we're going to talk about traveling and taping. 
Uh, and before we get into that, Amy, it is your turn for pop quiz hotshot. Oh, Here we go. I thought we'd already declared Elliot the winner after his. <laughs> no, no, everybody, everybody gets gets I'm this. I'm okay with that. I haven't studied, but okay, go ahead. Okay, here we go. Uh, Blue Wedge, for geography, which spice are people in Denmark doused with if they're single on their 25th birthday? Oh, my heavens. Uh, I actually feel like I've heard this before, but I can't think of anything other than cinnamon, so I'm going to say cinnamon. It is cinnamon! (gasps) And it says here, if they're still single at 30, they get a pepper shower. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, It's kind of judgy. I don't know about that. Uh, Pink Wedge, which hip-hop duo scored a Billboard chart-topping hit with a brilliant song about bargain hunting? Oh, is that Thrift Shop? Oh, crud. Macklemore and somebody. Yes. (laughs) Or is it just Macklemore? Is it just that? It's Macklemore and the act is Macklemore and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to come up with that. Ryan Lewis. But it is thrift shop. All right, Yellow Wedge, who is depicted on the US $1 coin issued in 1979? Oh, no. 1979 specifically? Uh, is that Susan B. Anthony? Correct. Oh, yay. Uh, Purple Wedge, which pop artist nun designed the famous love postage stamp and gave Boston a perpetual rainbow on the side of a storage tank? Pop artist nun? Is that what you said? N-U-N? Pop, yes. Pop artist dash nun. Mother Maria. I have no idea. <laughs> it is uh, Corita Kent. Green Wedge, which part of the skeletal structure of the human head is unique and is not shared with any other species on Earth? Whoa. I did not know this. So part of our head no other species has? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, everybody's got ears. <laughs> colder oh warmer oh, i feel i feel like it's something to do with the jaw it is the chin the chin the yeah. bony protrusion of the lower jaw that extends past the teeth is distinctive to us all okay. right last question who is the first defensive player to win the heisman trophy i'm sorry first defensive player. defensive player okay so we're talking football and Oh, Lordy. Um, Lawrence Taylor was a defensive person, so I'll, I think so I'll go with him. It is Charles Woodson. He uh, played for Michigan in 1997. Oh, that's good job, Amy. All right. Travel and taping. You got the you got the call. You're getting on the show. Now you got to travel. Obviously, me and Elliot have very different experiences. Uh with that because we had to travel during covid elliot you got covid tested before your flight correct? yes we had to do a test on camera we had to like do a zoom call with a nurse so that they could watch us do our own test and then like once that mailed in and cleared then they would book our flight we flew down to la and then we immediately got taken to another testing site and then like got taken to the hotel and, taught and get given $180 per diem so that we could order DoorDash or whatever because they wanted us to essentially quarantine. Famously, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy do not. You have to get yourself there. You have to oh. put yourself up. And that's mostly the reason that there is that $1,000 minimum prize is because you have to do that. Tyler, how was it on Superhuman? It was it was weird because they brought us, they brought us down for 
I don't know, some, someone like a week or something like that, but I was only needed for like a couple days of that. Um, one thing I did, and I'm, I hesitate to say this, but I was actually invited to a wedding in San Jose, uh, one of the weekends that I was in LA, but was not needed. So I actually just left a bunch of my stuff in a hotel room in oh. LA for two days and just flew from LA directly to San Jose with some stuff, went to the wedding and then came back. <laughs> I'm not sure they know that I did that, but... <laughs> You know, I feel like all three of you guys are, are such such good stage presence and, and kind of personalities on TV where, where I'm obviously much more comfortable behind a camera or behind a microphone. I was so nervous. It seemed like like my eyeballs, they could see everything in front of me. Like I can process visually everything that's happening, but the back of my eyeballs were puking in my brain. And that's (laughs) part of me is kind of like, I don't know if I can go through this again. It was just so scary and I'm really not made for this. And I'm so envious of people who do, you know, who get a charge from it. And it's so fun to Mm -hmm. watch them. Amy, did you have any like stage fright or were you nervous at all for any of these shows? Well, no, because the (laughs) first one was supermarket sweep. And I got, and because I got to do that with my sister, we, we, anything we do together is fun. So yeah, the, the, uh, from the audition, when the, we played the practice game and they let us hit the buzzer and we're like, can we just stay and keep playing? We don't care if you let us on the show. We just want to keep playing games. So when we got there, first of all, there's no, we were a year that there was no studio audience. So I think oh. that takes off some of the pressure, right? Cause oh. there's nobody there. And the, the host David Ruprecht was so genuinely sweet like just made you feel right at home. And so once the game started playing, we didn't know there were cameras on us. We didn't know anything else was happening. We're like, this is our childhood. Let's just start giving each other clues or whatever, play the game. So that part, because that one was a small set and everything made it easy. So after that first one, it was like, I know how to do this until I got to who wants to be a millionaire. And that puppy is scary because... The audience is right there. These huge lights shine, go up and down and blind you when it's the boom, boom, you know, that noise that it does. <laughs> that one, I was actually nervous during the production, which is also why when I got to the point where did I want to answer or quit, I was like, I'm too scared. I'm too done. Like, I'm ready to just, <laughs> just call it. Like, <laughs> Good for you to know, you know. <laughs> To, to, to know my extent, but that that one also, we were hidden in a green room, uh, and you couldn't you couldn't watch the other people being recorded. All oh. the other three shows you got to watch. We were literally in a box that was in a giant tent, and the only time we could leave that room until our recording was to go to the bathroom, and they would have to escort us to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom fifteen times that day because I was like, "This is the only way I'm getting out of this room." So sure, let's go back, and we. I was that when that one was over and I'd actually won something, I was just like pure relief. I was like, oh, okay. That one, I was like, it's okay to let me go home. I don't need to keep playing this game. <laughs> What's something surprising that you found out about game shows or like behind the scenes stuff that the TV screen doesn't show? And for me, the biggest thing, I could not believe it. And of course, it makes total sense now. We had a little huddle and there was a third party auditor that came in and gave a spiel and was like, Hey, I'm here to monitor the fairness of the game. Sullivan compliance. Oh, that's, is that them? That's their name. He walked out and I was like, Oh, I remember you. <laughs> um, oh, they do like all yeah. the, probably they do 
almost yeah, all the game Sullivan shows. Yeah, Sullivan does. Does Wheel and Jeopardy as well. I don't remember about Millionaire, but I definitely remember that name for the three of those. So what's something, Tyler, that's you know surprising that you found out? Like Amy said, there's just there's just so much waiting. <laughs> Especially for a show like Superhuman, where there's five of us in one episode, and we all competed individually. We weren't allowed to watch uh, anyone else. <sighs> So I kind of had to hear hearsay about how everyone else's went. They wanted me to have enthusiasm, like running out onto the stage. And we actually did it twice. The first time I damn near ran over the cameraman. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was so much waiting like for the studio audience. They actually had like a comedian who was there to like kind of hang out with the audience basically and entertain mm. them during uh, all the gaps. It was Frank Nicotero, something like that. The guy who hosted Street Smarts. I think. Oh, yeah. I think that's his name. He uh, yeah, he was the comedian. So he, like he's kind of like riffing while like between takes and everything like that. I mean, everyone who's ever been on a TV show or to a studio could say that, but like, it's always so much smaller than it looks on television. Supermarket sweep is nowhere the size of a supermarket. You think it's going to be mm-hmm. a store, but it's not. <laughs> and the and the, the funniest thing there was I made my sister do the running part because I didn't want to do anything physical or running. The meat and the cheese, they were plastic. So they weren't even heavy. They're light. You can tell. Because they would spoil. Right. I mean, why did I think they were using real meat? You lied to me, Farmer John. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, so so say for a supermarket Mm -hmm. sweep, what was your one big strategy that you think really paid off? Oh, we studied that store. Because if you recall, there's like different mini games where you might have to go find something, which ours was Juicy Juice. And so we had drawn out the store and memorized where everything was in the store. And that way, if we got to the final two, which we did, we would be able to know exactly where every item was that you were trying to find. So we had that store memorized. Oh, I'm a strategy girl. I want to know all the rules so I can find where they can be manipulated. That's such a huge part of prepping for the show. So like, for instance, Wheel of Fortune, I guess was my supermarket suite because it was my first one and I had watched it my whole life. And I had developed all of these little strategies like um, one, buying vowels is very important. You have such, some people think that it's dumb. Well, they're dumb. You like you have such a better percentage no chance of a vowel getting in there. Once you have money, you gotta buy vowels. Like, of course, if it's what are you doing, you know it's gonna be a gerund or a, a participle. It's gonna end in ing, so you start with n. I also knew that I would start with n if it was like a, on the map because I thought all of these countries that start with new or north or in in land. So, like, I had strategies per puzzle, and the biggest one I'll say for Wheel of Fortune is that. If you're landing on on bankrupt, that is your fault. Like you <laughs> spin the wheel. It's, you don't just push a button and the wheel spin. You spin it. You get a practice spin one or two before the game. It is on you. you. It's on your person to look at your practice spin mm. and see what your average spin is. Now, I was pretty lucky in that my average spin in the practice was about a one complete rotation, landing almost on the same spot. Wow. So I took that into account every time I spun. Nice. If, it, if, it, if the wheel comes back to me, somebody missed a letter, it's come back to me, you look where you are right now. If you're wherever you're, you're currently situated, you're free and clear, then just spin it. If you're very close to a bankrupt and, and, or like when you do a spin, you might land there, then you alter your spin. You spin harder, you spin softer. So I never landed on a single one. I've always wondered that. Like if they, oh, do they like change like the resistance? So you can't really tell, but I guess, I guess they don't. 
They they probably can't because it wouldn't be fair. That's true. It yeah. is it is surprisingly heavy. That's one thing that was a surprise for me is that one the wheel is smaller than it looks for sure, but it also is one point two tons. It's twenty four hundred wow. pounds. Even shows like Price is Right. There's a blog out there that literally diagrams every game they have and the best way to win it. So like mm-hmm. y'all do your research whether you're just having to learn trivia because you're on a quiz show or what, like put some time into it. Earn, like, like act like you want to win, earn it. Everybody messes up cover up. <laughs> it just kills me. Try to get one digit right at a time, people. <laughs> Nobody plays it right. Kills me. And if you're practicing at home, practice standing up because you don't realize how different it is to be standing and answering questions or trying to solve a puzzle than sitting on your couch and doing it. If you're on a buzz show, like get a toy buzzer, like yeah. get a pin. Um, the Alex Jacob who won the tournament of champions or Jeopardy that I was in said that he used one of those springy toilet paper roll. Things. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, well that that's probably why you won. Like you're, <laughs> you're so smart. Very early on, I, I knew I was like a personality pick. Uh, and not really for my trivia prowess. Again, I, I like trivia. I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. And you know, w- with the chase, there are a lot of former Jeopardy champs or Jeopardy contestants who have gone through kind of that that experience before. So for for little me, I'm like, okay, I watched the 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 past episodes, and I know the chase always asks kind of like risque, dirty word type of of question. So I studied. Double entendre. Yeah, I studied a list of words that sounds dirty. I printed out at the hotel lobby i print out just pages and pages of trivia questions so i was like okay well they're gonna take away my phone i can still study and kind of keep sharp while we're waiting and it was a great way for me to bond with my fellow teammates because the chase is at the end of the day it's a team game and so that really helped so what's your kind of advice for when you're taping to calm the nerves to stay focused it's, it's, it's kind of like the same as the CrossFit tournament, which is all the nerves are just leading up to it. And once I'm actually doing it, all that kind of fades away. The, the good thing about Superhuman is it's, it's, it's very much a positive show. It's not one of those kind of reality type shows where they're going to give somebody the loser edit and this person's going to look really stupid. <laughs> like they want, they, they want everyone to look really good. So, yeah, of you know, course. Just realizing everyone's everyone's in your corner and you know everyone's everyone's cool about things uh, was uh, was a big help. Nerves are great. Like use nerves to your advantage. They're like related to adrenaline. And if you feel nervous, like rub your hands together, jump up and down, and you you can like trick your mind to thinking that you're actually just really excited and that you're gonna go give a big performance. Like. And and also another thing I'll say is that it gets easier as it goes. Like the first show that I did, I was so, I had given them in my audition, the like Tom Cruise jumping up on down on Oprah's couch (laughs) moment. Like I was like, I'm going to be the the, the idiot that y'all want me to be. And then when I got on the show, I was so focused on winning that I wasn't really giving the personality that I want to. So it was truly a journey for me to be able to like show my true self. Like I did on the chase. It took, it took just becoming more and more comfortable. Yeah. So like it does get easier is what I'll say. Once it comes to the day of taping, you can't control what questions you're going to get. You can't control what you know, but you can control how you come across. So like Come with a joke or two if you want, like, have a catchphrase. So put some some time into that to call me. I'll help you out. I'm laughing that you said the nerves can help you and make you more excited because I swear that I got on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because I was freezing. 
And so <laughs> it made me, so I was sitting right under this air conditioning vent and I was so jittery that I was like hyped up and I was ready to go and I was ready to talk. And nice. I was just bouncing around and I was like, this is I'm okay. You know, and I was just, <laughs> I was just shivering, but it got, it gave me more energy when they started to interview me. I was like, yeah, let's go. I was way more energetic. I'm getting like oh. target lady vibes. I like it. Oh my <laughs> My my millionaire was the actually the easiest one for me to get on because I literally auditioned the day I moved to New York. Like I used to be an opera producer. We finished doing a Lab OM in Memphis, packed up a truck, moved, drove to New York City. And it was the last day that Millionaire was taping. It was actually, it turned out to be Meredith Vieira's last day taping oh, Millionaire wow. ever. And so I literally rolled into the studio with a suitcase like star to be out of Annie, three bucks, two bags, one me. Like I like I'm I'm from Mississippi, y'all. I just moved to New York. I'm gonna make it be. And like imagine not casting me. I came with I came on a cloud of energy. All right, we're gonna move on to airing and aftermath. And before we do that, Tyler, you're in the hot seat. I was hoping hot you quiz, hot shot. Here we go. I can't wait for six pieces of knowledge that I happen not to have. It's gonna be great. Well, we'll see. Blue Wedge for Geography. What is the main ingredient in Japanese yakitori skewers? <laughs> I mean, meat? <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it's chicken. Okay. But like they right. also skew like other things up. There's yeah, more to it than that, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Pink Wedge. Which Broadway musical features a drag queen named Lola and songs by Cindy Lauper? Oh, is this uh, Cindy Lauper that sends me to uh, Kinky Boots? Yay! Correct. Yellow Wedge, which widely predicted catastrophe devastated New Orleans in 2005? Nice, uplifting question. Uh, Hurricane yes. Katrina. Yes, correct. Just move uh, on. Purple Wedge, who is Master of Ceremonies at the Hunger Games? I mean, I guess I don't know who they mean by Master of Ceremonies. Is that the Stanley Tucci character? Yes, it okay. is. Do you remember I'm his name? Not not even a little. Maybe maybe if I get the initials, I could, I could pull it. It starts with a C. Oh, it's C-F. like... C-F. It's like Caesar or... Yes! Yeah, and the last name is really funny and weird. Yeah, it, it's like it, you know what? It just Wendell wanted Caesar. <laughs> it's a sp- it? Flickerman. Flickerman. Oh wow, it's close. Wow, I, I, I good went job, too, brain. I went too nutty. Green wedge, which has not been at Philadelphia's Muter Museum, a jaw tumor, Washington's false teeth, a brain, or a vertebra specimen. Philadelphia's Muter Museum. It's M U with umlaut T T E R, okay. and the, your choices are a jaw tumor. Washington's false teeth, a brain, or a vertebra specimen, not been at this museum. I hate. I kind of I, don't. I feel really like there's like a lot museum. of apocrypha around Washington's teeth that aren't really true. So I'm going to say that. Yes, you are correct. Well reasoned. The tumor was Grover Cleveland's, and the brain <laughs> is Einstein's. Was the tumor from first or second term? <laughs> it was in uh, the middle. The middle one? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right. My my pronunciation. Okay. Last question. Here we go, Tyler. Abseil, Belay, and Gaston are moves in which sport? Did I pronounce it wrong? I think that's like wrong? rock climbing or something related to that. Correct. I know, I know, I've never heard of the third one, but the first two. Because Abseil is A-B-S-E-I-L, right? Yeah. And that's I, uh, I the, the UK term for, yeah. for rock climbing. Okay. Good job, Tyler. Yay. That one's way better Woo! than I thought. We're done taping. We're about to wait for the show to air. 
for a lot of people uh, who won money, you actually have to wait until your episode airs and then uh, they start the process of of paying you out. So some people wait for could be up to a year, up to a, a long time. And Tyler is uh, uh, dusting his uh, his hands off of this. I won the princely sum of nothing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you've also won the American Crossword Tournament like six, six times. times. <laughs> that's, that's and one of them was in a documentary. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not have to wait for the documentary to come out to be paid for that tournament. That was a different how much mo- How much money, actually, do you do you win money? Yeah, uh, the first couple price? years that I won, it was 4000 And then the last couple, uh, at some point in my run, they boosted it to 5000 And uh, then I went 12 years without winning, which was... Not so fun. And then this year, it was an online tournament, so it was only 3000 But, you know, swift kick in the butt, as they say. Did you get a big, giant check given to you at the event? It was sadly not a giant check. That is my definitely my number one It's actually in a crossword, yeah. Just a a plain old... It does have Will Schwartz's signature on it, so... Ooh. Ooh. I guess you kind of get an autograph that way, but no. Sadly, no no giant novelty Happy Gilmore check for me. So, of course, everybody's burning question after they learn that uh, you've been on a game show is, A, d- did you win? And B, what did you do with the money? I'm out. <laughs> well, Elliot, you are coming in live here. Uh, you're, you're recording in, in beautiful <laughs> you, Mexico. Absolutely. Um, with my Wheel of Fortune money, I went to Europe for two months and did the like hostile couch surfing life. I've definitely traveled with most of it. Um, after Millionaire, I bought a really nice Burberry <laughs> runway bag called Nancy, who's traveled all the, over the world with me. She's named for Nancy Kerrigan. And then with Jeopardy, I actually went to Europe again for two months. And that was the first time that I went to the Eurovision Song Contest in uh, Vienna oh. Austria. I spent just two days in Belgium, but I did go by the mannequin piss statue and I did get a mannequin piss postcard it, uh, inspired by uh, a segment from one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Belgium or Not Belgium. <laughs> And then, yeah, with the chase, I'm doing a little two weeks in Mexico here, but then I think I'm going to use the bulk of it as a down payment, either on a place in San Francisco, or I, I'm, I keep being tempted to buy a condo in Puerto Vallarta because I love it so much here. That money doesn't really go far in the Bay Area, actually, to be, <laughs> know, to be honest. One of my game show applications, I said that one of the questions they ask is, what would you do with the money? And I said, well, you know, I would, you know, rent a one bedroom apartment in San Francisco, but I probably wouldn't be able to afford that. So I just travel the world instead. Oh, and that, and that's one of the things actually is uh, a lot of game show vets, t- contestant vets talk about is you have to have a good answer for what are you going to do with the money? You have to have a unique answer. You know, most people say travel. Some people say, oh, I'm going to pay my bills or I'm going to pay off my student loans or I'm going to, you know, buy a house. And But they want weird. They want, you know, yeah. something that they can talk about. I think for me, for the audition and then also uh, it was filmed, but it wasn't, they cut it in the episode, which was, what would you do with money? And I said, I wanted to have pro skating lessons so I can learn how to skateboard off of a half pipe. <laughs> Which I'm I'm completely serious about. Obviously, I can't really do that during COVID. Mine was cut too. I had I had said, well, first of all, like yes, you need to spend time answering all the questions on the application. Like, put do good answers. What would you do with the money? Like, what makes you unique? You really need to call a friend 
talk it over. So write them really well. My answer for the chase was, Sarah, I'm so glad you asked me. The reason that I wanted to come on this show and win a lot of money is because I love money. I <laughs> don't understand why people say money doesn't buy you happiness. It does. They must, they must be spending it wrong because it buys me a lot of happiness. So if I win money on here, I will buy myself some happiness. Thank you. <laughs> and they cut it. <laughs> and world peace. In other countries, they actually don't get taxed on their winnings. Mm -hmm. um, and so here we get taxed. It gets taxed as income. Even out of my 130K, 50K of it, I have to kind of reserve and save that for taxes for, for, for next year. So I'm hoping for good paved roads uh, near <laughs> yeah, near my house. But but on the Brit, some of the British game shows they don't even have prizes. Like only connect is a show I love. You just oh, get yeah. a trophy. Yeah. Even on like RuPaul's Drag Race in the US, you win a hundred thousand dollars. In the UK, you won like pins, like these little metallic pins, and you did win like a a YouTube series or situation. But it makes me think that there have to be different rules through. Mm. British broadcasting. Amy, what did you do uh, with your game show prizes from all your different shows? For Supermarket Sweep, we, we spent it going to New York. To, we go, we see Broadway shows. With the Wheel of Fortune money, we did buy a car. When my show aired, I was pregnant. And so it was like, oh, we need a, a car that can handle family. So <laughs> we bought a family car with that one. Uh, millionaire, I think that one was mostly saved. They they did ask the whole, what would you do if you want a million? And it, if I want a million, I have a group of friends that we travel together and we do escape rooms together. And I was like, I am going to take us to Europe, to all the mega escape rooms that you always read about online Amy, over there. Amy, you are in good... I was like, <laughs> in all honesty. When you you had mentioned escape rooms before, I love them. I'm addicted to them. I think, Tyler, you had said you do puzzle yeah. hunts, which I oh. just discovered I've done like 200 COVID. escape rooms myself. Well, not myself, but you get it. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. We could have a whole other side conversation about which ones we should go to and where around the country, because oh, I can fashion oh my God. a vacation should do that. If, if, if we all yeah. get on a game show next year, that's our answer. I'm going to do this. <laughs> we're going to travel and do escape rooms every day all over the world. Honestly, we're trying to go to Sweden. Have y'all ever heard of Bodeborg? Yeah, yeah. Yes, awesome. of course. I've been to Sweden. I went to the ABBA um, <laughs> museum and I sang Dancing Queen with holograms of ABBA. It's Whoa. That's a really great structure for the answer to that question as well. Like literally 95% of the answers are traveling. And so you can't just say, oh, travel. Like yeah. whether it's escape rooms, whether it's the Eurovision Song Contest, like not, I want not only travel, but I want to go to See all the Disney worlds. Yeah. I want to go yeah. to whatever it is. The goal is to get to somewhere that has something awesome that you want to do. Amy, I played Escape Rooms with Tyler before, and it is it, it is superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> After Supermarket Sweep, it was obviously in reruns on the like side packs television show, and I was actually at a client site running a meeting, and the kind of the person from the client, she and I just couldn't click and I, and I couldn't figure out why in the meetings. And so it was kind of hard to run these meetings. And one night she went home, she saw my episode. She watched Supermarket Sweep every night with her daughter. She saw my episode and the next morning came in and was my best friend and was like, we saw you last night on Supermarket Sweep. And then the rest of the week went awesome. Oh like, my oh. God. <laughs> And then sealed the deal. Wild. 
anything else, Tyler, you want to add? Yeah, I mean, like I said, my my experience was a, a little bit different, but you know, I, I definitely met some uh, really cool people, and uh, one of uh, one of my fellow contestants uh, on my episode, uh, we've been drunk together in at least three different cities. Yeah, sh- shout shout out to Chris, the mental math genius. It's it's the friends we made along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it has to be. It's funny, how many, it's funny how many of these shows have communities. We we have our budding one with the chase uh, on this online group. The the like former Jeopardy contestant one is pretty huge, and and like you just you make connections through that. I've made some like good friends that I've gone to Vegas with multiple times. The the communities is something that I never knew about, but I'm like happy to be a part of now. Oh, <laughs> oh, be nice and be courteous to all the cast and crew around you. They've worked really hard. I, I you know I I had no idea how many people it took. Enjoy the, the the behind the scenes part of it, because especially on like a show like Jeopardy in an episode, only one person is going to win. Like most people that go on the show don't win, but you can still have an amazing experience. Some of these casting people have been doing it for decades, like listen to their stories, ask them questions, enjoy your experience. Cause like you've probably been dreaming about this for a long time. Like don't get too bogged down on the day of be a child, like look up, look at the lights, look at everything, soak it up. Like you made it onto the show. In many cases, it has been a lifelong goal. And for some people, like they may never get on it and they always want to. So really just soak it up, have the most fun. Beautiful. Thank you guys, Elliot, Amy, and Tyler for joining me for our first kind of panel uh, episode of Good Job Brain. Hopefully people, game show enthusiasts and also trivia enthusiasts can can learn something and maybe we can inspire them to go and apply and be on some game shows. Woohoo! I'm I'm waiting in the Jeopardy queue right now. We'll see. (laughs) Wait, really? It's been like probably six months now and I haven't. You got this. You have to let us know. Yes. All right. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, uh, listeners, for listening in. Uh, hope you learn a lot of stuff about being on game shows, uh, how to be on game shows, and some behind-the-scenes stuff. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for coming. Bye. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.